We're here to shine a light on the forgotten generation. This is the Modern Gen X Woman podcast, and I'm Jackie Gadeen. And I'm Amy Bishop. We're business and career coaches who work with women like you. And we are pissed. You should be too. Because we have not been seen or heard, and that changes now. Listen up, because we're going to share with you insights and ideas to make these years our best years. F you, midlife. Welcome to our summer short series, where each week Mimi and I talk off the cuff about a single idea, quote, concept, inspiration, or current event. There are certain words that fly out of our mouths. No, not the F word. Well, maybe, but that's not what we're talking about. But these are words or phrases we want to challenge you to remove from your vocabulary. When we work with clients and with companies, one of the aspects we coach and consult on is what we call linguistic intelligence, bringing awareness to the words or phrases that can be triggering for you or for others. They can diminish your worth, they can diminish your thoughts, and they can invalidate your authority. Let's dig into what these words are. No, it's not the F word. Oh, well, no, I think the F word sometimes just feels so good when it comes out. It does feel so good when it comes <laughs> Listen, out. Listen, women in our mid-age women, right? Like using that F-bomb, it just makes life a little bit easier, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I grew up, I know you didn't, but I grew up, my parents are from Brooklyn, but they cursed all, they were such Italian it's just Italian cursing. And, you know, they, my mom grew up with all boys. My dad. Yeah, and my so parents don't curse at all. It was, it's just part of my vocabulary. And I wish, and it's part of Peyton's too, and I oh. wish that I just didn't curse as much, but I just, I did. You know, ironically, my parents are the opposite. I have never heard either one of them ever utter the F word. That's ever. Unbelievable. Ever. Yet it flies out of my mouth all the time. And I know it sounds awful. And for I gave it up for Lent one year. <laughs> this is many years ago, and then I just—it's just one of those things where, uh, yeah, it just makes life feel easier. So I, I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Explicit. Sorry, everybody. Sorry to those of you who are listening. So welcome um, to this week's summer short. As you know, we love to do these over the summer with these quick ideas and quips. And want to dig into something new. So this week we're talking about something that is a little bit different. We do in-depth training on this when we work with companies and even when we work with individuals. And we want to talk about, we're just going to pull out seven words that we find are some of the words that if we can remove them would make a big difference in the way you show up for others and the way you show up for yourself. All right, Mimi. So let's talk a little bit about these words and how you feel about them too, because we are really thinking about what does this mean and how do we become more linguistically intelligent? Well, one you may be surprised is the word you, right? Yes. And so when you start something out by saying you, it makes the other person kind of feel on the defensive. Absolutely. Right? And especially if the conversation is a little heavier. Right. Or feedback. It, or feedback. But, you know, it, it doesn't even – it can be something even in families or just regular contact mm-hmm. or relationships, right? People get so huffy with one another so quickly. And if we can remove the word you, it doesn't sound as – 
you know, so here's an example. My husband will often say, you leave fingerprints all over the place. Now, I think he's being ridiculous because he's OCD, but it's always you, blah, 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 you know, and it, it's, it's jarring. jarring. And it may, so what it does when you, when someone says you in any way that isn't complimentary, it automatically triggers our fight or flight. And when we are triggered, we don't actually hear what they're saying, nor do we absorb it with any sense of um, not only acknowledgement, but with any sense of openness, right? right? So here's a great example. When I used to run a team, there would be things I'd have to talk to team team about. And if I would say to them, you know, why are why are you not hitting your numbers? Right. All of a sudden, they are on the defense. They're playing Correct. defense, right? But if I said to them, and I'm, and I'm saying, so let me let me pause there. The other word, and what the second word that we're going to go over is why. So, so here's an example of using both. Why are you not hitting your numbers for the quarter? What happens? All of a sudden, I get on the defensive. All of a sudden, I feel like you're blaming me. All of a sudden, I feel like I have to protect myself and I have to come back with something and I have, I have something to prove. But if you just said, what do you, what is the, what is the, what could be the cause or what is the cause of us not hitting our numbers this quarter? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden it opens it up for a conversation. It opens it up for a dialogue and an idea that there is more going on here than it's not my fault. And as humans, the less we can apply blame, the more we are going to get people to buy into what we're saying. Yes, exactly. So we and need- feel like you're all on the same same side of the desk, yes. right? Yes. Yes, the same side of the desk. So so eliminating why and eliminating you are two words that if you can say what instead of why, I do that at home all the time. I'm very conscious about when something happens with Peyton, you know, she struggles in school. And instead of saying, why didn't you? I'll say, what could we have done? What could we have done differently in order to get a different outcome? What could we have done differently to be able to handle the situation better? And I often use we, even though she's the one that made the choice, the decision, right? The motion, the action, because it's, it makes her feel like we're in this together. Right, right. And why are we not in this together? Even if you're a boss, we are in this together. So substituting it for we can make people feel like you are, that that this is a collective. Right. And we are going to find a solution together. I love that. What about the word should? Now, you know, I'm starting to have different feelings about it. So there's this one piece of it where it's like, well, you should do X, Y, and Z. And then you hear a lot of don't should all over yourself. Right. And yes, sometimes we do should all over ourselves, but sometimes there are things you should be doing. According to whom? According to me. No, I'm kidding. According to if you, well, if you want to achieve a certain goal, here's an example. I'm trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Then I should eat healthy. Of course you should. Or I should, you know, and then, so if I have ice cream and then I say, oh, you should have had well, you shouldn't have had yeah, ice that, cream. Right. Right. So it's, it can be harsh. So, the, so I agree. 
there are lots of things we should if we want to achieve stuff or we think we should, but there's a kind of way to say that. And sometimes I think the other part of the should is that a lot of those shoulds end up being expectations put on us by someone else. So you, you know, what, what, right. what, so the choice is I, I, um, I would like to try to make better choices in my food. I would like to eat an apple instead of eating the ice cream, instead of saying I should eat the apple. Right. So there's a little bit of a kinder way to do that, because oftentimes when we use words that are triggering in some way, the shoulds, it can also feel like it's black and white. Mm. And when we get into the world okay. of black and white, we it isn't something we can stick with. Right. So I should be exercising every day feels very heavy. Right. But instead of it's an energy and it's right. Instead of saying, I would like to incorporate exercise into my weekly routine. Right. Feels kinder. Right. Feels, feels attainable. Right. And so, so just watching that should language and also not only saying it yourself, but recognizing if you're saying it, who, where is the should coming from? Right. Uh, so many women, especially in our age group, Mimi is, is an exception, but got married and had kids. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people did that because they felt they should. Right. And for a long time, it wasn't as if women thought that they shouldn't or couldn't. And I think if you use the word should at all, I want, I want to encourage you to pause and think about it and reflect whose should is this? Who is assigning yes. this should to me? Right. And is this should helping me or is this should hurting me? And if we could think about it that way, then we can tend to, we can tend to really adjust our language so it supports our achievements as opposed to making it feel like you're a failure. Right. Or feel like I, there's so much pressure against this achievement. Right. Because right. the more pressure that we have, the more likely we are to cave. How many times have we all tried to lose weight? Right. How many times have we all tried to have an exercise routine? Right. How many times have we all tried to build big businesses? How many times have we all tried to get bigger jobs? Right. And if we put the should on there, you know, it doesn't always work. No matter how hard we try, there are other factors that happen. So just giving yourself that act of kindness is, and that grace is important. I like that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. So this is one, I'm going to jump around a little bit in our list, but how many women, we do this all the time. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. We're always apologizing for things that are not something that we should be apologizing. We bump into someone or they bump into us. You know, I, I believe that it's just become a filler. The other thing is, sorry, I just wanted to share my point of view. Why are we apologizing to share our point of view? Yeah. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. And it makes me think it kind of ties back to that good girl syndrome right. where we feel my cousin does this all the time. She says sorry before everything and she never does anything wrong. She's the kindest person ever. Right. And I'm always laughing. She's like, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I said sorry. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, it's, it, but even so, this is this is something simple that I learned in my communication. When somebody sends you an email and you don't get back to them in what you might perceive as a timely fashion, a lot of people will reply with, I'm sorry for the delay. And I never say that. I purposely always say, thank you for your patience and me getting back to you. Mm. Because I'm not sorry. I right. had other things that were not your right. priority. That right. were not my priority right. just because they were your Yours. priority. Right. And that really is a nuance that is 
small and interesting to consider sure. as we're all listening to this. It is about, ha- and it also it also gives us more authority. When we say sorry, it lessens our authority. Well, that's exactly. And we feel like it's the way to bridge into when we especially want to share a concept or a different idea. And instead of saying sorry, you can say something like, let me share this perspective. Yes. Right? Right? Let, let me, let, I, um, I, I would love to share this with you. I'm really interested in bringing this other point to you. There's no need to say, I'm sorry, unless you did something to hurt somebody else. Right. That's a different story. Of course. And that's what it. the word is really for. Right. It's not for all of these other things. So I'm glad you said that. Okay. My next one is just. And this is a new one in my craw. Because Jackie's I realize how often women use it and diminish their accomplishments or themselves or or they use it to feel okay about asking for what they need. So let me give you an example. If you've ever been on a plane, I'm going to challenge you to listen to when people ask for water. Okay. They'll say, I'll just have water. Right. If they want a Diet Coke, they'll say, I'll have a Diet Coke. But there's something about just water. And we we minimize things as if it's not as worthy. So that's, you know, who cares if water and soda are worthy or not, right? Well, which one's worthy? But that just ends up diminishing it. So I just need one thing from you. I'm just going to take up a minute of your time. Why are we, why are we saying just? It really is something that doesn't give us the authority and presence that we need as women. Right. And in this world where there are less than 30% of women in leadership positions when there are fewer women in the corporate ladder moving up, we can't do anything that is going to diminish our value, our authority, our influence, or our presence. So if you find yourself saying just all the time, really be very conscientious of it that and ums and likes and all of those, you know, the filler words, but, but really the words that are minimizing. Yeah. Like just. Lots of filler words. What about obviously? Obviously just, it's just, obviously feels uncomfortable to me because it can, it can make other, someone else feel like they didn't, they weren't smart enough to figure it out. They weren't smart enough to see it. Right. They were th- that every you're the smartest person in the room, right. so it can be perceived at well, obviously, or obviously, it can just be perceived as diminishing for other people yes. in the room. So, when you know, when we talk about these words, we talk about linguistic intelligence as a way to choose our words so that everyone feels included. And no one feels diminished, including yourself. Right, right. right. How do we level the playing field? And it is important that we understand the weight in which words carry and phrases. We're not talking about phrases in this episode, but when we do train in corporations, we talk a lot about the phrases that are, that are dangerous. And we want you to bring awareness to them. So because our language is a habit, and we talked about our seven small habits last week, 
Our language is a habit. Sure. Right? The words that we use in our vocabulary all the time are habits. And so these words are going to be habits that we need to break. And we can only break them if we start talking with a little bit more consciousness about what we're saying so that we're not spitting out these words that are becoming or behooving our, you know, ourselves or our teams. The other thing is our subconscious beliefs things, right? So when we're starting to say things, and I know this is a little bit different than what we're talking about because we're talking about communicating with others. Mm -hmm. But also when you're communicating with yourself, just from a subconscious level, you start, you know, I should do this, blah, right. blah, blah. You know, your subconscious believes that. Right. And it's something that can hold you in place too. Different concept, but still be careful of the words you use. Jackie, will you just talk about the last word, which is but. but. Yes. But. So, Like my friend Hobson says, everybody has a but. <laughs> uh, but to me are very they can be dangerous. Oh, Stella thinks so too. They can be dangerous because they can be dismissive. I understand where you're coming from, but you don't right. understand where I'm coming from. All you have to do is say, I understand what you're coming from and a small shift. Mm -hmm. What is what the difference is, but devalues what the person said. And validates what they said. Yes, 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 And yes. that's what we want to be thinking of. Everyone wants to be validated. Right. Everyone and wants to feel you heard. Don't and to you don't have to agree. Exactly. There's a big difference there. Right. We should do an episode on that. We can do an episode. Write it down. Episode okay. on validating versus agreeing. Mm -hmm. You know, validating is, is acknowledging someone else's feelings, their thoughts, their opinions. That is what we should be doing in an inclusive environment. Even if we don't agree with them. But to say but just invalidates everything. And it invalidates yourself. So when you say, I really think you're doing a, I really think you're doing a good job, but you need to work harder on this. You just invalidated the fact that, you, that they would do, that someone was doing a good job. Right. Right. And, and it, the thing about it is it's not a conscious thing. So when someone's listening, they don't necessarily always say, oh my goodness, they just invalidated me. Sometimes they will, but a lot of times it's subconscious. And then they feel resentful. And sure. they can't figure out, why do I feel resentful with, with what they said to me? And But when you go back and unpack how something was said, you can realize that it was a trigger because... You, what your thoughts were, and then, you know, what you thought, the opinion you brought forth wasn't, wasn't actually val validated at all or thought to be of importance. And then what happens is you're less likely to share the next time. Right. Then what happens is you create an, un, a, a group that is, that is dis, dis, disassociated or a group that feels like it is separated or dispersed and that's not going in, in it doesn't matter if it's friendship or companies or relationships it is all about validating and making people feel like everyone is being heard and everyone is being listened to in an equal and fair setting well i would like to say i'm listening to what you're saying it's really interesting and we have a meeting in less than a minute okay all right ladies well we uh, write down those words we have them in the show notes if you have questions about them reach out to jackie at modern and we will answer them until, until next, next time week, cheers to your magnificence modern gen x woman is the podcast created with you in mind if you're inspired by this episode, please leave us a review. 
It's so important. Look, we know it's not easy for you to stop and go over and leave a review, but it is so appreciated by Mimi and myself, and it really helps other amazing Gen X women like you find us so that they too can become the modern Gen X woman.